When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, how you doing today? So today we're going to be going over the Palpatine's point of view from the Secrets of the Sith novel, which is canon. It's covering a couple pages here, and uh, I'm going to read it to you, and then we can talk about it. And I'm probably going to interject in between to talk about some things as well as the ideas come to me. Now, usually these uh, videos, uh, The Secrets of the Sith and you know, Secrets of the Jedi, they aren't scripted, so this is me just talking to you guys and uh, going off on my Star Wars brain here. So, starting off with an imperfect solution, Palpatine says, and mind you, this book is canon, Palpatine says, as the Empire perished, I was born again, my consciousness transferred into a new body on Exegol. Alas, even after years of experimentation, the cloning techniques employed by my acolytes were inadequate. They could not create a vessel capable of containing my unfathomable power. Though my soul remained complete, the flesh designed to house it began to fail. To continue my plans for total galactic domination, I would need a form worthy of my might. It was clear that this defective mortal shell would not be enough. So right here it seems like Palpatine was successful in transferring his essence over to a clone body that his acolytes had created. I assume of him, obviously, because that's what we saw in the film in Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker. So, obviously the body was fine, it wasn't totally decrepit or anything like that, is what I'm gathering from this. But once he transferred his essence into that body, his unfathomable power was just too much for the vessel to contain and it started to fall apart. Now my question is, was Palpatine just walking around, you know, healthy and, you know, ready to roll for like a day, a week, a month, a year, several years, or did it literally just deteriorate within, you know, minutes or hours? So that's an interesting question I think could be answered someday in the future. Let's continue. Pulling the strings. My new body's deformities were severe. Unable to leave Exegol, I would have to spread my influence across the galaxy through less direct means. As part of their genetic experiments, my followers had attempted to create another being that came to be known as Snoke. Now to interject here, in the Rise of Skywalker novel, it actually explains that Snoke was an experiment, as Palpatine says here, but they actually used gene splicing. And what begs the question for me is, what genes were they splicing to create Snoke? So he's not even a actual specimen, he's not even a actual species. He's just something that's been put together as a lab experiment from a bunch of different sentient beings to make some sort of a Frankenstein abomination. Let's continue. Although his body proved unworthy of containing my dark essence, Snoke's natural sensitivity to the Force would make him a powerful puppet nonetheless. Through my manipulation of Snoke, I began gathering forces, building an army capable of opposing the new Republic that had risen in my absence. Through Snoke, I would make certain that the First Order would be mine to control. 
So I'm a little bit confused. It says Snoke's natural sensitivity to the Force. So this means that they actually successfully made a Force-sensitive clone, which if you've played the Force Unleashed game with Vader and Starkiller, it's next to impossible to create a Force-sensitive clone. When Starkiller was created, he was like one of like, I don't know, I think it was like a million different or thousands of different failed test subjects. And even the ones that were successful had so many different issues, even if they could use the Force, like psychological issues, for example. So Snoke's natural sensitivity to the Force would make him a powerful puppet, but he was unworthy of containing Palpatine's dark essence. So what I gather from this is that he was unable to transfer his essence into Snoke's body. But he was able to use Snoke as a conduit, as a puppet. Almost seems kind of like the same thing, like he's just using VR, sort of, from, you know, a galaxy far away, and he's just controlling Snoke. And I think he was doing this through the Force, but also through that ring that Snoke was wearing, which maybe worked as like an antenna, to directly, you know, communicate with Palpatine's controls, perhaps. So I'm wondering, you know, was Snoke autonomous? Was he actually saying the things that he wanted to say? Or was that all Palpatine the entire time? I think it was all Palpatine the entire time. I don't think Snoke was ever autonomous at all. I think whenever Snoke spoke, Palpatine was probably speaking for him. All right, next. In name alone, Snoke was a temporary measure at best. My faithful followers in the unknown regions still sought to produce a body worthy of my infinite might. Using a technique known as strand casting, countless modified clone bodies were produced from my genetic template. All but one of them were utter failures. The lone subject that survived the cloning process lacked any connection to the Force. I rejected this useless creature, but I chose to let it live. Even if this son was undeserving of my legacy, I surmised that the Palpatine blood rushing through its veins might someday become useful. As always, my theory would soon prove correct. Very interesting. Okay, so did they actually take some samples from his son? Or, you know, his clone? I mean, this is kind of like, this is literally a Django and Boba scenario. Just Palpatine and Palpatine's clone, Ray's dad. Now, is he talking about taking a sample of his clone's son? Or is he talking about Ray being that sample? I assume that when they killed him, they probably took some samples of his DNA too, because it was like, you know, fresh Palpatine DNA. Although it wasn't really a clone because he looked different and he just didn't have any force abilities. Heir to the Empire, which is kind of funny they use this word here. Just as I shunned the inferior child spawned of my flesh, he shunned his father and the ways of the Sith. When he sired a genetic heir to my empire, a new opportunity to ensure my legacy arose. But my errant clone and his mate absconded with their child and went into hiding. They were soon located on Jakku and dispatched for their betrayal. Yet their progeny, my granddaughter, remained safely hidden from my reach for many years. Until now, there has been an awakening. A young scavenger girl with the spirit of a true Jedi, yet filled with such pain and anger that she can barely resist the call to the darkness. I have foreseen what she can become. For this young girl, known her whole life only as Rey, has more than just power. She has my power. And though she may fear who she truly is, I revel in that truth. She is a Palpatine, and soon I shall make certain she embraces her destiny. So that's Palpatine's view on Snoke. For me, I think Snoke was probably the most interesting character of the sequels if he was handled correctly. I mean, episode 7, we were all on the edges of our seats because of who Snoke was. How did this guy outlive the Empire? How did he outlive Palpatine? He must be really be something super crazy. And, you know, JJ was playing with the themes of Darth Plagueis when 
Snoke was speaking to Kylo Ren, and there were so many different inklings that allowed us to believe that he could be Plagueis, especially in that interview, or that panel interview, where J.J., Daisy, and the rest of the cast and crew were sitting there, where a fan asked Daisy who Snoke really was, if he was, you know, the same person that Palpatine spoke of in Episode 3, and Daisy was literally just about to say, oh, do you mean Darth Plague? And then, you know, J.J. cut in. So I think, you know, either J.J. was trying to just cover that up and not lead into more speculations, or... Or, you know, say something that Daisy had no idea about, which wasn't true, or it was true. So I'm not really sure about that. But I think Snoke being Plagueis would have been pretty cool, even though they got the whole species look wrong, as Plagueis is a mun or immune, and you know, he has a long head. Essentially, the guys in the banking clan in episode two, those were the same species. So with Snoke's death, it kind of just made me think, okay, well, what now? You know, and the fact that now Snoke is being created in a bunch of different vats. And it seems like we got a little bit of that in The Mandalorian Season 2. It makes me wonder what else was Palpatine trying to clone? You know, he obviously was very into cloning and he wanted Grogu's blood for a certain reason. What else was he trying to do? What else was he trying to create? And as for them making a Snoke backstory, I don't really think there is one anymore because he's just created in a bunch of vats and test tubes. So with him being cloned so many times, it just seems like they were creating a perfect vessel for Palpatine to transfer his essence into after the one he was stuck in. So I think what's happening is Palpatine was just looking for the next vessel to hop into, and if there's no vessel, then does that mean he's just chilling until there is one ready? Does that mean he's just sort of floating in purgatory, waiting? So when Rey killed him, did she really kill him or just kill that, you know, pathetic vessel that he was trapped in? Whether it was, you know, supercharged because of the dyad that he absorbed from Rey and Kylo or not, at the end of the day, he was destroyed. So it really makes me wonder and makes the wheels turn in my head, you know, is this guy just floating out there? Is he ready to transfer his essence into some able, willing, or new body that is being created perhaps in another lab? Maybe Exegol wasn't the only lab that he had. Knowing Palpatine, I feel like he would have had many more. So there are many different ways that they could bring him back, of course, with the, you know, Aeon Drive and the World Between Worlds and so many other ways as well. But I think one possibility is that he maybe just isn't dead. Maybe he's just chilling in purgatory somewhere. The other thing that confuses me is that he told Rey, if you strike me down, then I'm going to transfer my essence into you. Which is essentially what she did. She just did it with lightning, you know. So what difference does it make? I guess she had to use her full unbridled anger to kill him, but at the end of the day, that's not really what he said. He said, just strike me down. And, well, she kind of did. She did kill him. So, I guess we'll wait and see if Palps will make a return, but I think it would be pretty sweet if he does, but also it would be really redundant and overused and boring if he does too. So, I'm on the fence about it at this point. I'm just waiting like you guys to see what they're going to do next. And um, I hope you enjoyed my thoughts on these passages from the book. This is The Secrets of the Sith. It is canon, and it's an interesting book. There are some contradicting parts in there that I don't really enjoy too much, but there are also some other parts that I think are pretty cool, which I'm going to go over as well with you guys. Hope you enjoyed this video. Please leave a like if you did. Subscribe if you're new, and I'll catch you in the next video on Star Wars Theory. Until then, remember, the Force will be with you always.